we have a stamp on us of the creative ability of God. And we see the systems in the world and how the world runs and how the universe runs and how the stars in the heaven operate and how the sun and the moon operate. And we see all that and we say, that's a very creative plan. It was an intelligent design. And so we believe that it's real. We have evidence, what? In our heart, by faith. We believe it's real. We can't say we, we have eyewitnesses. We can't say that. So we have believed something based on the one simple fact, God said so. Okay? So we got to live our lives saying, well, what did God say? Whatever he said, I'm going to believe. Now, he just said you've got to live by faith. You believe that? They're believing. He just said it. <laughs> there it is. He just said, you're going to have to live this way. You're going to have to believe in things that you can't see. And you say, well, we're going to hear the voice of God. I never heard the voice of God. Well, I do. I hear, I hear something. It's not in my ears. It's in my heart. I can hear there's something said and God's saying it. And so we come here to one of the examples given, one of the early examples given of a person who lived by faith. Verse 4, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it he being dead yet speaketh. So there's a man first early man in the Bible, and it says his name was Abel. And he, by faith, made a sacrifice. So let's go back and look and see what it was. <coughs> Chapter 4 of Genesis. He's got a brother named Cain. And something happened. Chapter 4 Genesis verse 3. In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel to his offering. Unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? How come you're mad? If you, you do, do well, you will be accepted. If you don't do well, sin lieth at the door. It shall be his desire, and you shall rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. Came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. So he killed him because God said, I like Abel's sacrifice, I don't like yours. And Cain talked with, in verse 9, the Lord said to Cain, where is thy brother Abel? And he said, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. So, Cain, he said, by faith. He believed something. And that belief that he had, God looked down and said, if you believe that, I accept that sacrifice. Now, what was it that he believed? Well, he believed that you had to shed blood. If you were going to make a sacrifice to God, 
had to shed blood. So where do you get that idea? And we have that idea. It's pretty clear to us, right? As we talk about what can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus, right? We sing there's wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. We talk about blood all the time, right? But back here, Jesus hadn't died. How did he know that it was, was required unto him? Well, back in chapter 3, something happened. Chapter 3 of Genesis, verse 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So, Adam and Eve sinned. That is, they were rebellious against God. And they, God came looking for them. And they said, well, we're hiding. How come? Well, we don't have any clothes. So they got some leaves, sewed them together to make clothes. And God said, I'm going to cover that nakedness your sin caused, your shame. I'm going to cover that shame. But something's got to die. And so he killed God killed the first animal that were killed. And God skinned them and made clothes out of them. So here's your clothes. Cover yourselves up. And so after that, God said, when you come to me, it's going to require blood. What's going to require? So I'm sure Adam said to his sons, there's coming a time when we're going to worship God, and when that day comes, you have to bring a sacrifice to God. And so, just remember, this has to be blood. And so, uh, Abel said, well, I got sheep, and I'll bring one of my sheep and, and kill it, and shed the blood, and bring it to God. And God said, you got the right idea. You got the right idea. And Cain said, I got some pretty good fruit. I'm bringing that. It's the best I got. Beautiful fruit. I'm going to bring that. God said, no. So what do you mean? No, that's the best fruit I I grew it myself. He said, yeah, but it's not what I want. Now he said, you can fix it. You can go back and do the right thing if you want. He didn't want to go back and do the right thing. The last thing he wanted to do. And so he killed his brother because he was mad at him. And God said to him this very important thing. Your brother's blood cries to me from the ground. Where's your brother? I don't know. They might day to watch him. And he said, well, your brother's blood has a voice. And so way back... Right in the beginning, blood had a voice. And the blood of Abel was crying out from the ground for what? Justice. It was blood that made it just. The forgiveness that God gave to people had took blood to do it. And so he said, when you come to me, you're going to approach me. You're going to come with blood. That's what's required. All right. Abel said, God said it. 
I accept that. If God wants blood. Cain said, I don't. So he said, your brother's blood now has a voice. It's crying to me from the ground. Now, if we just turn over Hebrews chapter 12, right from where we are, just a page over to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So what became the habit through the centuries was they took blood of an animal, they slit its throat and held a cup there and caught the blood and then they sprinkled the blood on the altar and they sprinkled the blood when they went in to the Holy of Holies, they sprinkled the blood. They were always sprinkling blood. And when they got out of Egypt, how'd they do it? They sprinkled blood. They took a hyssop, which is just a little uh, one foot tall branch, and stuck it in the blood, went on blood on around the door. God required blood, because blood speaks. Blood has a voice. Blood says justice. But he said Jesus' blood said something different. And for the first time ever, the shed blood of Jesus said something besides justice. You know, he said Abel's voice rang out through the centuries. It's unjust. I've been murdered. It's unjust. We need justice. Jesus' blood said what? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And so for the first time ever, and that's why the blood was such an important thing. And so God said to Abel way back when he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> he doesn't never know that someday Jesus is going to die and he's going to shed blood. He didn't know that. What did he know? Bring a bloody sacrifice. And he said, I will. Based on what? God said so. God said so. So I will. All right. He believes without any information. He doesn't know what's going to happen. And come to find out, his blood has a voice. And God says to Cain, I can hear him crying for justice. And so blood becomes the symbol down through all the ages that justice has to be served. And then Jesus came when he shed his blood. There was a new voice. And that's why that voice was able, was said. We're going to hear him. That's what he says. And he uh, said, by, and by it being dead, he yet speaketh. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts by it saying that he is dead. He's still speaking. How is he speaking? Because sin murder, cries for justice, and blood has become that voice. And so, so Abel said, I'll do it. I'll bring a bloody sacrifice. And he kills a lamb and brings it to the altar. And God says, that's right. He said, you may not understand everything. You may not get why this is so important, but I said to do it, and you did it. And so I accept you, all right? 
And a lot of times with faith, that's where it is. You go, how's it going to happen? Well, I don't know. But do it. Do it. I remember when I signed the paper for this church. Like I had all I do pay my own mortgage. And I signed a paper for another 35000 whatever it was. Put my name on the paper. And I said, God, <laughs> I can't pay that. I can't do that. So I'm going to just believe that you're going to do it. And so that's where faith has to come in. He said, if we're going to buy the church, somebody's got to sign the paper. I'll sign it. It makes me responsible for the debt. But if you believe, God says, if you believe, then come on. Don't draw back. You don't say, well, I can't, I can't sign that. What if something happened? Yeah, well, what if it did? Yeah, what if something happened? I'm going to sign that, and I'm going to be responsible. I could lose my house. Sign it. You got faith? Sign it. Sign it. So I signed it. Five years later, it paid off the mortgage. God took care of it. He said, you believe in me. I'll show you that that's the way you're supposed to live. Take, say, I believe, put your name on the line, no drawing back, right? No drawing back. You believe that God will help you? Yeah. All right, then sign a paper. Sign a paper. All right, so faith is what's required of us. We have to believe the things that God tells us. Whether we understand it or not is not the requirement. How did God make the world? I don't know. He made it. <laughs> he did it. How did he suddenly spin the sun into existence? I don't know. All I know is it said he did. There, he made that. So I'm going to accept that. So a lot of things that God's going to say about your life, you say, well, I mean, I, I'm not sure about that. Come on, sign the paper. Don't draw back. All right, so faith is confident. No drawing back. So you're always going forward, looking into the future as if you already own it. I got it already. I got the future. I already own it. Because it's the substance of things hoped for. I already own the future. And I can see the unseen world. I can see that God is real. And I had tremendous evidence that God was real after I signed that paper. One thing after another. I mean, I've told you some things, but <clears throat> first day we're out here working, and that was just a mud hole, what they call a driveway. <laughs> hadn't had anything put in it in probably 50 years. It was a big mud hole. And we're here working, and the first day this guy pulls in a driveway, he says to me, What are you doing, Eric? We're going to fix the church up. He said, well, this is a muddy mess. I said, yep, it is. He said, I'll go haul stone today. i got nothing else to do. He came and hauled stone. By the end of the day, we had a stone driveway all the way up through there. How'd that happen? We got no money to pay for it. God sent this guy driving by who knew me, pulling, what are you doing? By the end of the day, I got a driveway. That's faith has confidence that God can do that. 
And that happened again and again and again and again and again. Many, many times. Well, I got to stop. Just so you can get you going, this could go on and on and on. And it gets more and more exciting as we go on. And so next week, we'll go into Enoch, who didn't even die. Imagine that. Thank you.